Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Lisa H., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Today is Wednesday, September the 13th, 2023, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today, we'll be reading from the big book, and we're in the chapter, A Vision for You, on page 153. We'll be reading and commenting on the fourth paragraph that begins years ago in 1935 and ends with much hard feeling and controversy. Today's readers, The Twelve Steps, Joni C., The Twelve Traditions, Maria H., readers of the text, Mara Z., Vanessa G., and Reva P., our newcomer greeter is Anne-Marie M., and our second-hour host is Ralph. Yesterday, Tuesday, September 12, 2023, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 20,619. That's 20619. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 20,620. That's 20620. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating. No dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Joni C. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Joni C., uh, a compulsive overeater from Minnesota. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying for 
praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Joni C. And I will now ask, please read the 12 traditions. Yeah, this is Maria, recovered in Georgia. Uh, 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Maria H. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book And we're on page 153, the fourth paragraph that begins years ago in 1935 and ends with much hard feeling and controversy. And we'll be commenting on that one paragraph. And I'll now ask Mara Z to please begin reading. Good morning, Lisa. Thank you for your service. Mara Z gratefully recovered in Virginia. Years ago, in 1935, one of our number made a journey to a certain western city. From a business standpoint, his trip came off badly. Had he been successful in his enterprise, he would have been set on his feet financially, 
which at the time seemed vitally important. But his venture wound up in a lawsuit and bogged down completely. The proceeding was shot through with much hard feeling and controversy. And starting my timer. Um, and I know, um, as we most of us know, know, that what the book is talking about now is Bill W.'s trip to Ohio. Um, and it was a, a momentous trip in several ways. Um, of course, this is where he comes to meet uh, Dr. Bob, but we will be dealing with that in other paragraphs. Um, from a business standpoint, his trip came off badly. Well, if it had been me in my early days, and I'm sure it might have been for Bill, this could have been definitely a dangerous spot to be in, where he could have absolutely gone back to that hotel, gone back to that bar, and been through with it, completely through with it. He didn't, though. He had enough behind him that he knew he needed to do something different. But I have definitely been in his shoes where, um, from a business standpoint, his trip came off badly. I was um, summarily fired from a job many years ago and thought I had been treated poorly. And if it weren't for OA, if it weren't for the big book, if it weren't for being recovered, I could very easily have gone into relapse, but I didn't. Because, not only because of the things I mentioned, but because of my spiritual connection to God, which has never been strong. And I'm working now on that to improve my connection to God and purposefully praying each day. But it definitely could have come off differently. I could have been in a world of hurt, and I could have picked up the food. The, um, the proceeding was shot through with much hard feeling and controversy. So that was his state of mind that he had to deal with a lot of hard feelings and a controversy because it, was gone, it had gone to um, a lawsuit. So it wasn't just that it failed on a business point of view, but there was laws involved. There was legality and there was controversy. And controversy, I don't know about you all, but for me, controversy and, con and um, um, I lost my word. Controversy is a dangerous place for me. Conflict is a da dangerous place for me. And, um, but luckily the story has a happier ending and we'll get to that in a few more paragraphs. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Marcy, for getting us started. And although we value your experience, we do ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you've shared on Monday or Tuesday on any of the vision meetings, we ask you to hold back. And who would like to share on that fourth paragraph on page 153? Melissa C. Melissa. Rosie W. Rosie. Mary B. Mary B. Mary Christina J. Christina. Carol A. Carol. 
That's Cheryl. Oh, Janice Cheryl. PM? Okay. Cheryl and Janice. Thank you. Diana V. Diana. Okay, let's stop there. This is what I have. Melissa C, Rosie W, Mary B, Christina J, Cheryl A, Janice PM, and Diana B. So Melissa C, you're up, followed by Rosie W. Yeah, hi. Good morning, Lisa H. Thanks so much for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York, and um, I love this. I love the story because it's really setting the stage for. Um, you know, what saved, what eventually, right, will save my life. And um, when I read it, what really, I get this um, overwhelming feeling like I, you know, I know squat. <laughs> I know very little. You know, in the moment, what often seems to me like the worst situation in my life, you know, the book promises me that when I place myself in God's hands, you know, um, what God has in store for me is often a million times better. And I, you know, I think about my life, like I get, I get like one piece to a jigsaw puzzle at a time and I have no clue, you know, what it's going to become. And, and my own experience has been, I've been in situations where, you know, I've, I'm, thank you God, I've had this incredible benefit of seeing fellowship grow around me. Um, I have, dear friends in this program who our hearts are like delighted and excited to carry the message together. And we met, you know, these friendships that I've met and and formed, we met through our greatest weakness. And, you know, like one in particular, um, you know, I was asked to speak a number of years ago. This woman called me out of the blue and asked me to speak at a meeting. And we had a mutual person that we had attempted and did not successfully get to sponsor and somehow that's how she got my name and I came to this meeting and when I got there um, I had no knowledge of what was going to happen for me but what happened was this woman asked me if I could take a 10 step and you know like before I'm going to speak at this meeting I'm like sure and out of her mouth came my exact problem that I was living with with my own child and she was experiencing it too and and you know and what happened is like our friendship grew and blossomed and together we're really excited to carry the message together and then I've seen the same thing happen you know in the pandemic where I had a small local meeting that I loved and adored and it shut down and so we turned to Zoom and I made friends with a woman in California who you know is equally on fire for this program of recovery and I've seen that grow and the friendships that developed so I know nothing you know um, I really I know very little but I know that if I place myself in God's hands if I follow the dictates of a higher power then I get to live in this new and wonderful world no matter what my circumstances and with that I'll pass thank you thank you Melissa C and Rosie W you're up followed by Mary B Thank you. Um, thanks everyone doing service on the line this morning. I'm Rosie W, um, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in the UK. Um, reading this paragraph, I was just reflecting on how different I am 
and how that change has come over a period of years as a result of taking actions every day. Um, yesterday, um, an, another family did something that um, that really harmed me and my family. Uh, it harmed our pocketbook, our emotional security, a whole a whole number of you know parts of self. And left to my own devices, my response to this kind of thing is not just get out the guns, but I mean, wheel out the cannon and fire, <laughs> fire across the ocean um, and blow these people to smithereens. That's, that's what I do. And, um, and I do it also with undue haste. I'm a reactive person. And before I even know it, it's like, you know, before I know it, the food's in my mouth. It's the same with the way that I react emotionally when I feel um, that parts of myself are threatened. Um, I react with undue haste to protect myself and God forbid, actually, if somebody actually threatens my family on top of that. Um, here's what happened instead. Um, I did a step 10 on it. I paused because I was at my desk working. I paused and um, accepted that even though I'd done a step 10, it was still churning in my head. And so I moved away from my desk and I sat quietly with God for five minutes and asked for answers and I listened. Um, I did another step turn on it later. I spoke to a dear friend of mine who's on the line today and we sort of laughed about the way we respond to these things. And here's the most important thing I did. I didn't do anything about it for hours and hours. And much later on at about 10 o'clock in the evening, my partner um, showed me his response and how he dealt with it because I'd left him to do it himself. And you know what? He dealt with it absolutely beautifully. I could not possibly have done it better myself and certainly not if I'd um, flown off the handle and reacted. And what's really amazing about all of that is that I didn't need to think about any of it. And because I take these actions every day, these new behaviours are now entrenched within me. They just happen. I'm intuitively able to handle situations that used to baffle me. Um, in spite of hard feeling and controversy, and that's an absolute miracle. I'm really not a pleasant person left to my own devices, and I'm so grateful for this way of life that allows me to behave uh, like a human being with some self-respect and dignity and some patience. Um, without a pass. Thank you, Rosie W. And Mary B., you're up, followed by Christina J. Thank you so much. My name's Mary. I'm a recovering compulsive eater. And um, yeah, this paragraph spoke to me about, um, you know, how I can turn a bad situation into something positive. Um, and for me, um, I've been trying to get recovered in LA for 14 years. And at times I thought I have got the food problem licked but um, actually it always come back to the mental obsession and the physical compulsion even within like a definition of abstinence and I think for me um, one, one, one thing that it, this paragraph also reminds me of is later in the book you know adult past can be our greatest asset and how yeah, how a situation that looks challenging on the surface can actually lead lead somebody to be able to share the 
experienced strength and hope is how they got through that without having to eat compulsively or indulge in any other kind of addictive process or behaviour, living by spiritual principles, which comes through later in the in the following bits of the text. And then, yeah, I've been I've been recovered in AA for 15 years, but it's taken me so so much longer to surrender my compulsive eating and. Uh, you know, I finally did on the 19th of July. I just let go, and um, I'm very grateful again to another dear friend who's on the line who helped me find somebody who, again, has been transformational in, in, in showing me the path in a way that I have been finding has brought me the most freedom and the greatest absence that I've ever experienced. And um, and I'm growing and I'm learning as well. And yeah, I'm just very, very grateful today for, for this reading and for for what I've heard in the sharing as well, because being familiar with the steps in the program, I have been able to use step 10. And whilst I am still at the real sort of beginning of my journey in, in Vision for You and going back through the steps, I'm kind of around step one and two at the moment um, and in we agnostics. I do know the value in, in the spiritual way of life and and using the benefit of whatever challenges come up through a step 10 and 11 to to see, seek the light solution and not the not not lingering in the darkness really um so yeah grateful to be on the line and thank you very much thank you mary b and christina j you're up followed by cheryl a Morning, morning, everyone. Christina J. in North Carolina today, still recovering, but food's down over 60 days now, so I'm grateful. Um, thank you, Maura, and everyone's beautiful shares. Uh, you know, for years I had, uh, for years, well, let me just start with yesterday. I called a nurse about my mom's situation. She's in the hospital, and I asked about a certain supplement. The nurse was short and rude and hung up, and I immediately felt the rejection, and that was, you know, selfish taking it personally. And uh, I immediately, I felt a hot poker go through my gut because I'm trigger sensitive to rejection all my life. So I immediately picked up the phone. I was shaking just from that silly little thing. Um, So I lived in that rejection and that controversy and that hardship of my uh, having my business fail and having it seemingly fail while I was in it for 20 years. A feeling rejected because things didn't go my way, didn't go my way, didn't go my way. Some things went my way, but it was a lot of hard work. And I just wasn't getting what I thought I should be getting, right? So this business thing, this business venture, I can totally relate. Um, But, you know, some of God's greatest gifts, I heard this on a line the other day, are unanswered prayers. And I just effing love that. I just think that's incredible. Um, that means trust. That means surrender. And that's what I've been doing around my mom's situation. He has her, you know, he has us. But for years, I twisted and turned in jealousy. I wasn't in program. I had stuck my toe in and out of OA, but never felt, didn't have any clue of what it was about. My business led to bankruptcy. And I was in program at that time, but didn't know the depth of this program. And that's what I'm here to really say is this depth of the program brought me last night to sitting in my sauna, not wanting to talk about my BS, not wanting to talk about my drama, not wanting to talk about all the hardship I'm going through right now with my mom and different things in my life. I wanted to be of service. I ached to call a newcomer. 
you know, I had some things going on in me because I surrendered my mom, but I was still, I could feel the discomfort inside around it. So I just felt like at first I wanted to talk about it. And I was like, I don't want to talk about it. And I just needed to be of service to someone. And I found a fellow who really needed a word and I was able to share with her. And that was it. The discomfort left me. The discomfort left me. And so, I mean, my career, uh, all these things I want my way, some of my greatest gifts are God's unanswered prayers. And I just keep moving forward and trusting that it's in his timing for everything. And I don't know. I mean, the situation my mother is going left, right, upside down, boinking left and right and swirling around. And this day it's this and that day it's that. <laughs> and I just, you know, through all that, you just got to open your hands and say, okay, God, <laughs> it's up to you. It's not what I want for her. She Hi. needs to go through what she needs to go through. So I'm just grateful that the gift of wanting to be of service to someone and not talking about my own hardships and controversy came through last night. Thanks for letting me share. I love everyone. Thank you, Christina J. And Cheryl A., you're up, followed by Janice P.M. Hi, this is uh, Cheryl A., recovered compulsive overeater in Brooklyn, Massachusetts. This paragraph and the story to come and all of this, the description of it is one of the most important parts of the big book for me. It seems like there's not you know, so much in here even to talk about because we're in the middle of something that's building. Um, But what it reminds me of, if I go to the big picture of it, is what do I do in my moments of absolute brokenness, despair, and where I'm in a dangerous situation of either feeling so broken and so out of sorts um, that I want to do look for something for reason comfort and and what it tells me is that um, I need to work with someone else I need to connect in with someone else I need the fellowship of connection with people who understand me I need to give away what I have I need to be of service to others I need to get out of my own head my I, I got to stop wandering around my own mind and um, and look to where I can share something, anything that will be of service to someone else. When in doubt, um, working with another compulsive overeater will save the day. And the willingness in this utter moment in this story to eventually do that is um is it's like it was a movie a bunch of years ago called sliding doors and it was all about if what happened to this woman if if she had gone in uh, one subway um that morning or if she had not gone on the subway and then the whole movie like follows two tracks of her life and we can see that there's one track being followed here and that is of a man who had taken step one so profoundly that as much, as much as he wanted to go and sort of join the bar and the gay, the music and the quote-unquote gay chatter that still floated to him from the bar, 
um, as it says in this book, and um, he didn't. He didn't. He was willing at that point because he knew if he went through that sliding door where it would take him. And that is the epitome of step one. That is the epitome of brokenness and knowing what will happen if I just pick up the old way one more time. So the new way takes something. It takes a turning from looking in the same old direction, the neurological pathway I've paved over and over and over again, and, and, and going to something else as a broken human being in those moments picking up another action, another piece of willingness. And the, 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 the edge of the sword that, that this story kind of begins to describe is so profound because the pain is so, 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 so great. And I can't Hi. do it without, thank you, I can't do it without all of you and a fellowship that tells me and guides me and connects to me. And uh, so grateful to be with all of you today. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Cheryl A. And Janice PM, you're up, followed by Diana B. Um, Lisa, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to cancel for just today. Okay. Thanks, Janice. Um, Diana V., are you available? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Terrific. Thank you. Yes, I can hear you. Hi, I'm Diana V. from Connecticut, Compulsive Overeater. Um, this is, like, I think the third time in, like, four years that I shared, so I'm a little nervous, but I'm um, trying to just, like, stay within the paragraph, and I'm, like, having a hard time doing that, but I just do the best I can. So I know uh, I could just speak for myself that um, I've had, like, a lot of hard feelings and controversy throughout my whole life, you know? I mean, it's never been, like, really, like, happy or satisfied with my life, Um but I'm hoping that through this program, that will change. Um, so I know, like, when I had a lot of controversy and really bad feelings, um, the disease told me that I had only one way to cope with it, and that was to completely overeat. And I would imagine Bill's voice, his disease was, you know, saying, like, you know, you should just go eat. I'll take I'll take all of this bad stuff away. And um, I don't know how many times I've been there. Um, but I thought, like, the disease is telling me I only have one way to cope, and that was to eat compulsively. And now I know that there's, I, it's not the only way. I don't have to listen to that disease telling me, you know, you, the only way to do it is to compulsively overeat and kind of destroy yourself. But at the time, like, I don't think like, I'm going to destroy myself when I'm thinking about wanting, when I used to think about wanting to binge. I don't know if I'm making sense, but um, so, but I am grateful now that I know that there's another way, that through God's love and through this program, that I'm restored to sanity, and I know that's not this part of paragraph. Again, I'm trying to say in the paragraph, I'm having a hard time with it. But um, so I think that's all I wanted to say is I'm really grateful for this program. I'm grateful for the choice. I know it's not the paragraph, but Bill's going to be in the fork in the road. And I've been in that fork many, many times. And so, you know, if I, if following this program, I get to choose um, a different fork than I was choosing in the past. 
So I hope that makes sense. And I um, thank you so much for letting me share. Bye-bye. Thank you, Diana V. And we are on page 153 in the vision for you. And we've read the fourth paragraph that begins years ago in 1935 and ends with much hard feeling and controversy. And who else would like to share this morning? Lynn S. Lynn. Sue L. Sue. Jennifer C. Jennifer. Jessica C. Jessica. Nadia E. Nadia. Anybody else? Anita J. Anita J. Okay, this is what I have. Oh, sorry. Maya, is that what you said? Yes. Okay, I'll end with Maya K. I have Lynn S., Sue L., Jennifer C., Jessica C., Nadia E., Anita J., and Maya K. Lynn S., you're up, followed by Sue L. Good morning, Lynn S., compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. It's just really hitting me the depth and weight of this particular passage and this particular moment in Bill's story, but this particular passage in our life, in my life right now, and the depth and weight of this turning point. This is like a turning point because the realization of right now this seems vitally important. And you know, really, it is kind of vitally important that it failed or none of us would be here. But but that's the other side of the coin. It seems vitally important that this go the way it needed to go. And just listening online, but just it just struck me even before we started sharing how God's hand is in this whole thing and how my thinking it's all about my thinking and my thinking being distorted and putting so much on something that seems so critical how can it be any other way or just being struck at the moment with like oh my goodness you know what's going to happen where is this going and to see it and it doesn't often happen easy like there's lots of There can be lots of bumps along the way, but when I'm accepting or seeing it or thinking there may be another way, Lynn, or just just that openness, that depth and weight of the mystery, waiting for God's hand in something, knowing this feels really uncomfortable, but waiting and just seeing what happens, it's amazing. I can't really articulate what I'm feeling. What I'm really feeling is I'm having having an amazing turning point in the way I see my life right now. And it's starting to open up and this phrase really just reinforced the whole thing. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lynn S. And Sue L., you're up, followed by Jennifer C. Good morning. Thank you, Sue L. from Texas, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. And what came up for me in this paragraph is that I live and breathe in the physical world, but the physical world 
is very truncated in the larger perspective. And I think saying in the physical world, this is bad, this is really bad. But from a spiritual perspective and from my higher power's perspective, my higher power might be saying, oh, this is good. This is really good. Because things happen that we can't know in the moment the reasoning for. And if I just can take step one, excuse me, but it's back where I'm like, if I can just, you know, take that step one, I'm powerless, higher power, help me, then I have hope of making the right decision and, and coming to the realization that everything that happens in my life can be used for good. And it's important to me um, in this paragraph also that I know myself. I know when I'm vulnerable. I know that it can be isolation, loneliness, heartache, boredom, any number of things where I could be tempted to make the wrong decision and take the wrong path. But um, I can choose other things. I can reach out to my higher power. I can reach out to my fellows, and I think that's the most important thing um, after reaching out to higher power is, you know, to combat isolation, heartache, loneliness, um, to reach out to the fellows in the fellowship and just ask them how they're doing. Not necessarily talk about myself, but have a genuine interest in what's going on in their life. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you, Sue L. And Jennifer C., you're up, followed by Jessica C. Hi, good morning. This is Jennifer C., recovered in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, thank you all for being here this morning. So this uh, paragraph reminds me of page 61. That uh, sentence, is he not a victim of the delusion that he can rest satisfaction and happiness? out of this world if only he manages well. <clears throat> so that word rest, W-R-E-S-T, means to pull or force. Is he not a victim of the delusion? Now, a delusion is to believe something that's simply not true. It's a false belief. Um, and the reality for me today is that anything that needs to be broken in my life so that I can be relieved of this delusion, right? Is a gift. It's a gift. Because I'm now on a spiritual basis, right? So in, on this spiritual basis, um, you know, page 62, one of my favorite paragraphs, on this spiritual basis, I take a certain position and it's a position of a child who has a father who loves her today completely and wholly, wholly knows everything about me, loves me completely, has my best interest at heart 24-7, right? Director, director, I'm not it. <laughs> I am not it, and I don't know what's best, not for me or for anybody else. And so when I take that third step and I offer myself completely to God, you know, I say to God, hey, you do what you want. You do whatever needs to be done. Uh, not for my happiness, right? Like, so this word satisfaction means fulfillment. 
Um, and I'm living in this delusion that I can find this fulfillment out of this world. And the reality is I could only find it in one place, this fulfillment and satisfaction that the food can never give me, that a person can never give me, that money can never give me, that my appearance can never give me. Um, and it can only come from this relationship. And the reason these beautiful principles work is because they're from our father, right? Page 62 at the bottom. Take that position. I'm taking that position today because that's my only hope is to sincerely take this position with God as my father, my employer, my principal, and better than anything that this world can offer us today. So with that, I pass. Thank you all for being here. Thank you, Jennifer C. And Jessica C., you're up, followed by Nadia E. Hi, this is Jessica C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Ontario, Canada. Um, I just really appreciate all of the shares. This has been a really powerful meeting, so thank you, everyone. Um, the passage made me think about about um, about 10 years ago. Uh, I was in OA, but I was in relapse. I was constant, constantly relapsing. And um, the, the person I was in a relationship with at, at the time, uh, he broke up with me because he didn't want to be with someone who, um, who's a compulsive overeater. Probably didn't want to be with someone who's a compulsive overeater and relapse. Um, so, you know, that really devastated me at the time. And I, you know, I pined for this person for a long time. And it was this would have been my last opportunity to have uh, children, children with someone. Um, So, yeah, so that really, uh, you know, broke my heart at the time. Um, I heard someone share at this meeting not too long ago that when I'm disturbed about situations that aren't going my way, it's because I'm looking at them from eye level and I'm not considering them uh, from, from God's perspective. Um, so today, um, I've been recovered for the past two and a half years. Um, I got married last year to someone who was with me through the most um, difficult uh, parts of, uh, you know, when I was at my lowest um, in this disease and in my relapse. Um, he accepts me totally and, and we have a beautiful relationship. Um and um, you know my life is filled with recovery i i connect with my fellows daily i get so much joy um out of my connections with my fellows um and you know when i put down all of my alcoholic ingredients i also had to stop drinking alcohol because for me alcohol is a gateway drug to um binging it always led to enormous binges and when I put down drinking I thought well there goes my social life you know um but that has not been true at all um uh I have such a again so many wonderful friendships in this program um that that are just have are so meaningful and have depth to depth to them um much more so than you know the relationships that uh you know were primarily fueled by food and drinking so yeah, just really, uh, I love this reminder today, and, and I'll pass with that. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica C. And Nadia E., you're up, followed by Anita J. Good morning, family. It's Nadia E. from Toronto, Canada. And 
Yeah, I just felt like I needed to share my recovery because I'm, like, I'm thinking, you know, I'm not good enough to share. Um, but that's ego. Ego is either I'm either above or below others. Um, and, and just surrendering ego. Uh, so my higher power told me to, to call this morning. So here I am. And I'm grateful that I have the opportunity to share my recovery because you know, I've been in OA since 1995, and I basically, um, like, God just took away. I just, I, I became abstinent, which is incredible. And I've been abstinent ever since. I mean, my food plan has changed. It's evolved since then. But, um, you know, just, just a reminder in the reading today about when things don't go my way. They don't go Nadia's way. And if I try to manipulate things to suit what I think is the way things should go, then I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm demoralized because all this energy trying to get what I think is what I need. But it's my higher power that knows what I need. And when I, when I can just slow down and just shut up, <laughs> you know, basically what I said, I, I suit up, I show up, and I shut up, and I just let my higher powers um, will align with my, with my actions that day, and I'm really grateful that I, uh, I'm going through the big book with my sponsee, and at the same time, like, we're alternating, so we'll read the big book, um, and then she will share her step fours because she's got a lot of step fours to share. And, you know, her writings, it just, it, it makes me realize, oh, yeah, I can, I, I relate to that. So I need to do, I need to write. And so I do. And I daily, I'm doing, I'm doing my turnarounds every single day. And every single day I am sharing my recovery, um, you know, with another compulsive overeater. I'm on the train and sometimes I feel like I just want to get off the train. I just want to get off this merry-go-round in life. You know, I just I just want to breathe and do things. But then it's like, it's just, it's a routine and it keeps me sane. And it, and it helps. It changes my attitude and it's, um, you know, when I, when I change, all my relationships have to change. It is a dynamic, right? So if she she's not doing that, oh, that's that's different. Well, I have to I have to step up. I have to do this. Um, so yeah, um, and I'm just grateful. You are my family. I love you all, and I wish you all an absolutely peaceful day. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Nadia E and Anita J. You're up, followed by Maya K. Thank you so much. Thanks all who do service on this line. Uh, without this, my my life wouldn't have come off very well. You know, from a business standpoint, his trip came off badly. Yes, in his view, because we don't have the vision that God has. Um, it was always there if I could just let go of my vision. And I had such a more limited um, plan for myself, and I thought it would make me successful. Now, what if his had, what if Bill's had come off successful? He would have won this little battle, but he would have lost the war. And um, 
He thought business success in this world would make him the man, you know, in the eyes of all, and probably with himself, that, that he was a big shot, as if that's important. And um, he never would have known the joys of starting a movement. You know, I don't think he, he didn't even know how his starting of the 12 steps uh, jumped from alcohol. You know, I think it was next came the, the uh, gambling and then came the food. And I don't know, all of these, all of these different addictions. We humans, you know, we'll grab anything but the real life rope. I mean, the life preserver that God keeps throwing at us. And finally I did, you know, and it changed my life. It changed my life. You know, I've said this before. As my vision has gotten worse, I see better than I ever did in my entire life. I see with the eyes of God. And um, should I be grateful for that? Absolutely. And does he want more from me? I guess he does. He keeps having me stick around. And um, that, I feel, is uh, is really wonderful. I wasted a lot of years. But he thought, okay, we'll tack him on the other end for Anita. And um, with that, I thank all of you for showing up every day, Pat. Thank you, Anita J. And Maya K., please share with us. Um, hi, I'm Maya K. from New York, compulsive overeater and bulimic. Um, I haven't shared in a long time, but um, I just wanted to share on this paragraph. Um, <clears throat> I guess I really related to, um, you know, seeing the bigger picture um because I used to try to control the, you know, the whole picture before program, and I always believed in God, but I, I still tried to figure everything out and, you know, talk to God about it and and want things my way and, you know, talk to God about wanting things my way. <laughs> but, um, you know, in program, I've definitely learned to let things go and turn things over and, um and just have faith that like what I've heard some people say and have faith in the bigger picture um and and in hindsight I've seen like God has something better for me like and I love that saying um you know you can't ask God for what you want but you got to trust that God either says yes yes but not now or um no I have something better but to me God is pure love and um, won't steer us wrong if we just don't get in God's way, you know, or our higher power's way, whatever that power is, I, I call it like love. So, um, you know, I'm just trying to trust and every try, time I try to control, I just, you know, I'm reminded of letting go again and again and again. And I, and I myself have a, a God cam <clears throat> That says, you know, um, when I can't, <clears throat> God can, and I just put everything that I I don't know what to do about 
and my God can, whether it's someone's name or a problem, I just put their name in my God can, turn it over, and when it's full, I burn everything in my God can, <clears throat> because I don't know what to do about certain things, which is good, because I just turn it over and constantly, and um, and it, it takes the fear out of everything, um, so that's where I'm at, and I just keep trying to have faith and um, and trust that God's going to lead me where I'm supposed to be, because um, I don't always know what's best, you know. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Maya Kay. And we have time for one more two-and-a-half-minute share. Would anyone like it? This is Larry. Mm-hmm. Larry Kay. Oh, Amy, you Larry. Thank you, Larry. Oh, no, give, right give it ahead. to Amy. I, 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 I'll shut up. I'm on a bunch of Okay. <laughs> Was it Amy? I didn't hear Amy. Uh, Amy. Amy G. Is that? Is oh, that thank you, you, Amy. You've got. Yeah, you've got two minutes. Okay, <laughs> great. Hi, everyone, and thank you, Larry. Uh, Amy G. Uh, recovered compulsive eater from Maryland. I just um, really appreciate everyone's shares, and it's really cool to hear people that haven't shared in a long time to come in, especially be prompted by a paragraph like this. And, you know, I, too, uh, can concur with everyone. What's been said is just that I feel like my life has been a series of surrenders to the fact that it just does not follow my script. And thank God now in hindsight that it hasn't, right? Because what I have thought would be the best for me oftentimes have not been. And when I push through, it turns out to be the worst for me. And what I think is the worst for me, you know, when I surrender has turned out to be the best for me when it comes to my recovery. I mean, let's face it. I'm not only a compulsive overreader. I'm a feel-good junkie, right? I I don't want to feel uncomfortable. I don't want to go through conflict. I don't want trauma in my life. And, of course, that's a fantasy. And what did that fantasy do for me? Well, <laughs> I tried to live a life by that. And like Bill's story, I created a boomerang that would turn around and shred me to ribbons. That's not the reality. And by the grace of God in this wonderful program, I've started to accept reality and surrender to the fact that I don't run the show. And thank God I don't. I have a power greater than myself that can. And when life hits hard, I've now been given a prescription. I have tools, I have steps, I can press into God, and I can say, show me the way, because I can't see my way through this, and I don't know what's at the other end. But I do know from experience, because now I'm old, (laughs) I can look back and I can say, you know what, God did carry me, right? And I can see progress through the trauma, through the trial. Not the way I would pick it, but the reality is, It's a beautiful life with all of it, all of it encompassed because of this wonderful program and my God. And with that, I'll pass. Perfect timing. Thank you, Amy G. And thank you to everyone who shared this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Wednesday, September 13th, 2023, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 20,633. That's 20633. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Vanessa G., will you please read our 
uh, A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only till the end. I sure will. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you, everybody, for a great meeting. This is Vanessa G., recovered LA in New Mexico. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until